This is the Yob Convocast. One-on-one conversations with your other brother's authors, community members, supporters, and friends. What's up, friends? And welcome back to the Yob Convocast conversations with beloved humans in our community. And this is a really special episode because I have made a nostalgic trip back to the city of Oaks. I have not been in the city of Oaks of Raleigh, North Carolina since before a pandemic ravaged the world. And it's so nostalgic being back. But here's the twist. I am not here talking with Ryan, who's been on 50-some Yobcasts and quite a few Convocasts. No, 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 no. Ryan, we don't have time for Ryan today. We have another (laughs) amazing person who's been on this Convocast before. He talked about being in Enneagram 1 last summer, and he's here to talk about something else today. It's Jesse. What's up, Jesse? Hello, Tom. (laughs) Thank you for coming all the way out here. Um, yes, I am not Ryan. <laughs> um, <laughs> All the listeners perked up. They're like, oh my gosh, Ryan's back? It's been so long since I we know, heard Ryan's I know. voice on here. Uh, I do love Ryan. I live in his home, so he's great. Um, mm. But yes, uh, I'm not me. So if you were here to listen for Ryan, I'm sorry to disappoint. For those of you who don't know me or didn't listen to my Enneagram One podcast, um, my name is Jesse White. Uh, currently I identify as queer and there's been a process of getting to that point, but I'll share that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, as, uh, kind of underneath that umbrella of queer, um, a few parts of my experience are, uh, gender incongruence and primary attraction to men. And then also, uh, demisexuality, which, For those of you who don't know, it falls under the asexual spectrum. Um, And it's it's hard to like fully put into words, but essentially like a a good summation of it is for individuals who are demisexual, um, they experience uh, very little sexual attraction until there's a really like firm, solid foundation of um, emotional and uh, relational connection mm. with another human being. And then at that point, there um, may be some sexual desires that that come in or are included. It's not always guaranteed to happen, but um, that's, that's a big piece of demisexuality. It's like there's basically no sexual attraction, sexual desire towards anybody unless there's a really strong, um, like, relational, stable foundation. Right. Else. Yeah, and I, for, I forget who it was. Someone else mentioned demisexuality at some point in this journey of going across the spectrum as we as we examine all the different sexualities mm-hmm. represented in our community. And I forget who it was, but, um, but that's interesting. So, so would you say you don't, or it's very rare to experience like a super strong attraction, like when you just see an attractive human out in public somewhere and you have no idea who that person is, you have no idea who that guy is or, or anything about them. Like, mm-hmm. like, would you say there's just like not not like a spark, that, that little sizzly butterfly <laughs> feeling, or, or how would you describe that? Yeah, I, I definitely would not, would not say, at least not in the way that I've heard, like I've heard other people talk about it. Yeah. Um, like from, I guess, just a, a general uh, 
experience of being a sexual being. Um, so I, I've, I've done a lot of like research, especially as I was kind of like working through trying to figure out like what even is this experience. Um, and one of, one of the things that I found really helpful as I was kind of um, doing research and kind of figuring out how, how this looks in my own life is realizing that there's like different ways that you can be attracted to people. Mm. Um, and, and for, for most individuals, like you, you find someone attractive and and that might encompass like a, a wide range of things. They're physically attractive. They may have emotional intelligence that's very attractive to you. Um, there may some, be some aesthetic beauty that's not necessarily just like physical attractiveness, but like how they present themselves. And then of course, other, other things like personality and, um, physical looks, there's, there's a lot of different ways that you can kind of break down attraction, but yeah, I like, I can see and like appreciate the beauty of people, both, both men and women. Like I, I think people in general are, are very beautiful. It's really cool to be able to see a lot of just the variety of how humans are made, Mm -hmm. um, and the, the different ways that, um, that we are, are beautiful as created beings. But that's, that's usually where it stops for me. Like I'll see someone and I'll be like, oh, they're attractive. But it's, that's, that's about as far as it gets. I, yeah. I don't, it's not something where I'm like, oh man, I really want to get to know that person. Or I like, uh, have like fantasies about them later. I was going to say, are you like not undressing them with your eyes or <laughs> yeah. with your mind or yeah, I mean, as much maybe as others? it's maybe, maybe on, on occasion. But I, again, even, even with that, like it's, it's something where, uh, this, this is kind of getting more into my own experience, but mm-hmm. like I, I've never, there's a, there's a lot of aspects of, um, specifically the act of like sex um and and some some things that kind of go go with that that is very like extremely unappealing for me mm-hmm. um there's a few uh aspects of that that I know are also connected to some traumas I've experienced when I was younger but I think ultimately like I just I've never found like sex or sexual acts to be appealing or desirable and it, I think where a lot of people tend to get confused is like, I, I am a very like touchy person. Um, I, I enjoy physical touch. I like that form of connecting with people, um, especially people that I um, really value and trust. And I mm-hmm. think for me, what one of the ways that I've seen my demisexuality play, play out in my relationships is the closer... Uh, bonds that I have with someone, the more open and willing I am to be like physically affectionate towards them. Right. Um, and so a, a part of that is like a trust aspect, but there's other other pieces too where like I may I may really connect with someone like on an intellectual level, um, but I don't really have much else beyond that with that person. Mm. Um, and so I'm not just going to be like going up and being all like touchy feely with them. But my, my friends, I have like, uh, standing um, connections with and people who have like been with me for long periods of time and know me inside and out. Like those are individuals where 
I'm much more trusting of them and want to express like trust in the sense of being more physically affectionate. So that has had its ups and downs for sure. Um, but it's, it's also been, I think a unique way for me to feel more freedom to like connect with people in ways that I think normally would maybe like where other people may have like more of a problem with it, either just like personally or um, maybe from like an intellectual standpoint. Um, just because like for me, there's like a lot of interactions that are often assigned culturally as being like sexual mm -hmm. in nature. For me, I'm like, I don't like, I don't understand why this thing is sexual, um, especially in terms of just like being physically affectionate. Yeah. Um, but there's also on, on the flip side, like I have to recognize culturally, every little thing is seen as a sexual or rom romantic gesture. Um, and so I have to be aware of that in how I interact. Um, because though it may not be something that I'm thinking about, the other person may, or other people may not be interpreting it that way. Right. And so there's often a lot of, I guess, like miscommunication or misreading of signals that can happen and has happened yeah. in situations that I've been involved in like that. Yeah. You know, just sitting here listening to you speak, I see there is a lot of parallel between your story and your sexuality and mine. And I'm hoping to share mine at some point oh, in this fun little series. Yeah. I, cause, cause I'm seeing a little bit of myself. I mean, the fun part about this position that I'm in is like, I get to see a little bit of myself and everybody. Um, so yeah, it's like going back to, to demisexuality or, or asexual, or it gets often abbreviated as ace for those mm -hmm. that aren't familiar with the hip lingo <laughs> ace. Um, there's also a romantic era mm -hmm. arrow, right? Yes. Like it goes by arrow. So is there, is, do you, is there one that's like the most comfortable or does it all kind of feel that like there's like, you see a little bit of yourself mm -hmm. in all these words and all these phrases or whatever. Um, yeah. like, is it, how has that journey been as far as, or does it matter to you to find a word that mm -hmm. represents you? Well, I was curious about that. Yeah, and I I think for a while I I was more keen on finding like a word that perfectly summed it up, but uh -huh. ultimately like in that process I was just like nothing really perfectly describes my experience, and that was part of my process coming to even even using the term queer. Um, there's there's a lot of baggage I think associated with um, other other like more um, cultural queer terms like gay or lesbian, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, people can and do make assumptions based on off of that, whether intentional or not. But I think also for me, as I was kind of working through, um, it was almost at the same time, actually, um, kind of realizing that I was demisexual and then also processing like my experience of gender congruence to um that like gay just didn't quite fully fit because there were other aspects of my experience that didn't fit under the term gay or like ssa as mm -hmm. well um, and so queer queer is a little bit easier because it gave a little bit more more umbrella to encompass more of my experience and give me more freedom to kind of explain that to people if i felt the need to right um, and if not then i could just leave it at i'm queer and people are like all right 
So, um, yeah, yeah, that, that was kind of, that, that was helpful for me to kind of move towards that. And, um, Demi, I think is, it's actually been interesting, ha- like talking about this with people, um, because a lot of my friends understand queer, but then when I try to explain my experience of like demisexuality, um, that often is a harder experience for them to grasp um, whether straight or not, mm-hmm. because a majority of the populace like views things, especially in, again, in like Western culture, um, like so much of our culture is so overly sexualized in every way, shape and form. Um, and that's how people think and function and grew up and trying to explain an experience that's not where that's not a focal point of my life or my being, I think is confusing for people. And so I often will leave that out of the conversation altogether because it is one where it's not always worth talking to people about. And it's, it's honestly like, I feel like it's more for me. Um, It can be helpful sometimes to talk to people about it, but usually it's something that like, I know this is part of my experience. I don't feel the need to share it with everyone. Um, there are areas where it does have more direct impacts in my relationships. And so when it comes to having those conversations, like if I need to share like, Hey, just so you know, I don't, don't tend to have a lot of like very strong sexual feelings. So if you, if that's something you're worried about, don't let that be a concern. (laughs) Um, but generally like it's, it's more just for my, for my own personal helpfulness essentially. How is that, like, I know we only have so much time, but, like, what was your journey of, like, self-discovery of realizing that, like, oh, like, most people do have, like, especially during puberty and growing up Mm -hmm. in early 20s, like, having those super fiery sexual feelings when they see someone attractive, male or female, depending whether you're straight or gay or anywhere in between. Like, what was it like? Like, did it take a while to, like, piece that together? Or did you know right away that something was different Mm -hmm. between you? Not even just being attracted to men, but just the, that, that component of demisexuality. I, I wanted to yeah. learn about that a little bit. Yeah. I think it, it definitely did take a while. I didn't come to that full realization until I think it was 2019 when I oh, first wow. started really like kind of parsing that out. And, uh, cause there just wasn't, uh, a lot of conversation mm-hmm. around, um, the like asexuality and, and, kind of breakdowns underneath the ACE umbrella um, up up until I want to say late 2010s probably is the most accurate time frame. Um, so 2019 is when I started engaging and hearing more about those types of conversations. But I remember even, even when I was like young and going through puberty and being exposed to pornography, like what I found attractive and desirable about pornography was not the was kind of like the stuff leading up to the the act the act the deed the act yeah. of sex yeah yeah um and and honestly like once it once it moved into like sexual territory I was like it was immediate turn off and I like didn't want anything to do with it but the the rest of it was like really uh I guess desirable and intriguing for me because mm-hmm. I I am a very like romantic person and so um, I think there's there's ways where I feel freedom to express like 
the romantic side of me, like in my friendships of being able to like do things that would traditionally be seen as like, you would normally do this just in a dating setting. I'm like, yeah, I, I want to like, I love buying my friends gifts and writing them little like sweet notes. And yeah, um, that's an important distinction to make too, that you can't just combine asexual and aromantic. Those kind of mm-hmm. get lumped together in these conversations sometimes, yes. but they're, they, you can be asexual and aromantic or not, or you could be mm-hmm. one or the other. And so it's, yeah. I think helpful just to recognize there's mm-hmm. diversity within diversity, certainly. It kind yeah. of keeps trickling down. Yeah. And and I think that that's where it gets really tricky is like um for most people when it comes to attraction, especially like sexual attraction and romanticism, like they're often combined. Um, which is it's not bad. Like the the romantic stuff is what helps kind of grow that attraction and desire of someone, which means you're going to want to have have sex with them mm-hmm. and that's um that's great especially in like a um like a dating and then going into like marriage setting of like you you want to do things that keep keep that desire for that individual um through good times and and bad um and so i think there's there's some similarities for me at least in my friendships where like i'm not trying to sleep with my friends that's not part of my desire. That's good. Um, yes. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, All of Jesse's friends listening, you can take a big sigh. Few. Few, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm like, that's not something I want, both just personally and also mm-hmm. because of my own my own beliefs. But um, there, there's aspects to my friendships where like I, like I want to be very intentional and pursue them in a, a quote-unquote romantic sense like yeah. i it brings me a lot of joy to be able to like pursue my friends in ways that make them feel like loved and cared for and desired mm-hmm. um, and vice versa i i really appreciate it when people do that for for me as well and and i think what can be hard there is it can be those pursuits can be misinterpreted by the people around me I think there can also be a lot of fear-based like distancing, um, and that's that's happened both both on my end, especially before I'd been able to kind of like work through and process a lot of this. Like, I I assumed that a lot of these romantic feelings I was having were were bad because mm. I was told by our culture and society that that was like sexual in nature. It was sinful. And the fact that I was like wanting to care for my, my guy friends specifically in these ways was not a correct thing. And so being able to kind of work that out was very important for me to um, be able to feel more freedom in my friendships. But I think also on the, on the other side, either having people misinterpret it and think that I'm like, coming on to them Mm. or um, using that as ways to um, try and take advantage of me and in other ways where they may like see it as like, Oh, like he, he wants to, some sort of manipulation is happening or some sort of creepy plan is being Mm -hmm. unfolded or ulterior motives. Ulterior motives. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm confident there are people listening, whether they identify as Demi or Ace or not, like that Mm -hmm. there's probably some relating to that, like not wanting to 
come off at, like you just want to be nice and you have this mm -hmm. attraction for lack of a better word to your male friends whether they're also queer or not but then you mm -hmm. don't want that to be misinterpreted so I, yes. i'm sure lots of people can i know i can i can resonate with that mm -hmm. that tension yeah and and i think that that can be true of like most experiences regardless like because even even for people who um do have like more of an innate sexual desire and want to have those good, healthy friendships, like that can still be a fear. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, it's more frustrating though for me because like, I know, like I know where I'm coming from and I can voice that to people that at the end of the day, like I can't control how they're interpreting or receiving that. And, and I also like, just realistically people like other, other people are probably more sexual than I am. And so like, there can also be a point where like those desires like sex and the desire for sex I know is a very powerful motive and driving force. Mm -hmm. um, it's not one that I experience often. Um, and when I, when I have experienced it in the rare moments where it comes up, like I know how much it clouds your focus. Um, there's, there's areas where like I have to be conscious of that and mm -hmm. um be aware of like how I interact, but also know like the level of relationship I have with um, the people around me to be able to, again, like feel, feel more freedom and have that, have that trust and that security to know that like, I can, I can express my love and care for you and know that you understand where it's coming from. Yeah. On my end. It's not going to be, hopefully it's not going to be misinterpreted. Yeah. There's not some tangent goal or mm -hmm. ulterior motive. That's a yes. good phrase to put um, so you and I were talking before recording a little bit about there's these YouTube videos out there mm -hmm. about because I was curious too about learning about asexuality and and because I know I'm somewhere on the ace spectrum mm -hmm. on the spectrum of all the spectrums there's so many spectrums there's a lot of spectrums yeah so I'm on this <laughs> spectrum too and and so I wanted to learn about it because I was like am I on the spectrum question mark because I think mm -hmm. I am but I want to learn more about it or I want to hear other ace people share their experiences um, so I'll link this video in particular that I'm referencing about to reference now, but there's mm -hmm. a, there's a YouTube channel called Jubilee and they have an yes. ACE spectrum. And so they brought like seven or eight people to this little video shoot and they had all these lines laid out on the ground and they basically said, do you agree or disagree or strongly agree or somewhat agree, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. with like all of these different prompts. And then they go to different parts of the room, depending on if they agree or disagree or not. And so I wanted to just rattle off a few of these and you can, I'm just going to, well, actually what I was going to do is read a few of the prompts that I wrote down. Yeah. And then this is not scientific at all because they just picked seven random pieces. <laughs> you cannot extrapolate this across the entire universe as mm -hmm. far as all ace people but but it was just an interesting little experiment to bring these seven or eight people mm -hmm. into the room and see how they responded um and i just would be curious if there's anything that i rattle off that you want to comment on or oh, respond yeah. to feel mm -hmm. free and if this is a total bust and you want to respond to nothing <laughs> you can say that that's totally fine um so one of the questions was do you experience attraction and most of them somewhat agreed with that and there actually is a demi guy that is mm -hmm. on the on this particular video that i'm mentioning and he mentioned yeah. that in particular and he talks about that mm -hmm. um, about being demisexual so so most of them somewhat agreed that they do experience attraction as they also mm -hmm. identify as asexual um they asked about masturbation and they asked if these people mm -hmm. masturbate regularly and most strongly disagreed but some agreed which was really interesting because they describe masturbation less in like 
like a way to receive pleasure more as like a chore to do or something to just like cleanse the body or cleanse the mm-hmm. system, you know, kind of reset the week or, or whatever. It was more of a chore, I think, than a mm-hmm. specifically pleasurable act. And so I found that interesting. Yeah. Um, another question, do you feel invisible in the LGBT community? And most of them somewhat agreed. They talked about a sexually charged culture. And so it kind of, by that nature, not just in the LGBT community, but, you know, the bigger culture as well, Mm -hmm. um, about feeling invisible. And so they talked about that. Um, And then one of the last questions was, do you find sex repulsive? They use that word repulsive, which is a really Mm -hmm. strong word. That is not a light word. Very intense word. (laughs) Um, And that one was, I think, the most interesting one to me because they went all over the room on Mm -hmm. that one. And I think it was just because how do you interpret that word repulsive? And what does that mean? Um, And what I found the most moving, I think, from that clip was there was somebody who started tearing up. They said this line. And so I don't know if you agree with this line or not because you're a different person. Mm -hmm. So you can comment on that if you want, among all the other things. But they said, I don't wish I could experience sex. There's just moments where I wish I wasn't asexual. And so there's this desire, not the desire for sex, but the desire more so for normalcy, this desire to fit Mm. in more because there's this, like, this seems like this person is perfectly fine not desiring sex or Mm -hmm. certainly not to the extent that the rest of the population seems to. But then there's this other side of it where Mm. it's like, but if I did, then I would be normal and there, or I would fit in more. I would be less minority basically. And so- Um, so I found that just super moving. There were mm. some, there were some tears in that because they talk about how, yeah, romantic and sexual attraction often go together. And, but mm. what if it doesn't for somebody and what do you do? What do you do with that? And so yeah. I find just this whole conversation super interesting because again, I've talked about it with Alex. I've talked about it with Keegan, this concept of a minority within a minority. Like, is that something that you've thought about that applies mm-hmm. to you and, and feel free to reference any of those things that I brought up, but I just wanted to. Mm-hmm. Give a little spiel for that for that video, and I'll again I'll link that in the description. Yeah, I I definitely have in multiple like both queer circles, Christian or not, straight, um, the church even like I've seen I've seen that play out a lot where just because of the nature again of like how our culture is like a lot a lot of things get reduced to sex and. Sometimes I think, especially in the church, it's it's kind of cloaked in the guise of like the marriage conversation, having kids. But like, really, what they're what they're hinting at is um, the like kind of fulfilling your sexual desires and and needs within within marriage. And and I think that that has always been an area where I've struggled um, within this conversation of being demisexual, and then also again with my experience of gender congruence too, of the fact that we're created as sexual beings Mm. because the way I've thought about it and felt about it for as long as I can remember, honestly, is how much of an inconvenience it is. Um, It's, it's really an annoying. um, I think it's funny that like there were people who were talking about masturbation as a chore because that sometimes um, is, is how I, how I felt about it. Um, and there, there are a lot of like aspects to it where like, um, when, when that does happen, like it's not, it's, it's not really pleasurable. It's kind of, it's just, it feels like a chore. Um, I honestly, like 
just being very, very real, like I usually get a, a really bad headache when really? when I do masturbate. And I think as, uh, like the as I've been getting older, I've noticed it's been less and less of something that I even think about doing or want to do because the like what I may get out of it um, in the sense of like pleasure is like very minimal Mm -hmm. compared to compared to the rest of like the aftermath for lack of a better term yeah um and so that that is that is a piece to it where it's like it sometimes can be a little alienating because i it's just it's not something i think about and that's part of a lot of conversations in in circles like ours where people are talking about like struggles with like sexual purity and um desires for like being with a man or even even in um like with a lot of my straight friends like wanting to be be married and have kids which involves having sex um and i think there there is like a a beauty to it like there's there's a lot of um that's there's a big part of that that involves connection and it Mm -hmm. builds like really intense bonds between people which is also why like i I feel very strongly about like not having like for, for my friends who are not Christians, like I feel very strongly about not having casual sex. Um, and I guess even for people who are like, there's no, there's a reason why it was meant to be between a, a man and a woman in the context of marriage is because like it creates such a strong bond between yeah. individuals. And so, yeah, there's, a lot of importance to it um but it's also not something i want (laughs) and so so there's there's aspects of that where i just i have a hard time being involved in those conversations which often leaves me feeling a little bit excluded sometimes and i think also just for most people it's unfathomable that i would be living a life that doesn't involve sexual desires. Um, I've had so many people in, again, all areas of my life who will talk to me and they'll, they'll be like, wait, so you don't like, you don't want to be in a relationship. You don't want to like have, have sex and all, all these things have kids and whatnot. And there's an aspect to that where it is connected to like my choosing of celibacy. Yes. But there's another piece to it where it's just like, I I just don't have that desire. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are like, but what about this person? Like, do you find them attractive? Don't you want (laughs) to date them? And like a real person or a celebrity or or like both. Yeah. Yeah, How could you not want to have sex with? Mm hmm. Everyone listening, fill in the blank with your favorite hot celebrity. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and what I also find really funny is like most of my celebrity crushes are women. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's also like I I have these crushes not usually on celebra- on male uh-huh. celebrities, but female celebrities. Right, right. Um, but it's all like purely for aesthetics. But anyway, yeah. Um like I've I've had so many, so many friends who have like offered to try and like set me up with friends of theirs who are like gay Christians, sometimes side A Christians, or or just 
maybe not Christians at all, and they're like, they're like, oh, we know this person. I I think you would get along great with him. You should mm. uh, like you should hit them up. I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> um, and part of that is again my own personal beliefs, but also like even if it wasn't for that, like it's just not a desire. I have. Yeah, I think it's really important to translate. It's like, yeah, of course you have your beliefs. I have my beliefs. We have our beliefs in this community about mm-hmm. what sex is for but then remove that remove pretend like you weren't religious or spiritual at all and then you're you still have desires or not and what mm-hmm. do you do with those desires or, or non-desires and so yeah. i think that's another element of this conversation that i'm mm-hmm. glad we're having because that yeah speaks to me as well um yeah i can and i'll share more later um in our remaining time jesse i don't know if you've you've talked a lot about the struggle so i don't know if there's anything that that you've left out about what's mm-hmm. hard about um, about the way you are, but then also the flip side of that, the blessings and how God might be using. And I think you actually have talked a little bit about that too, about, um, like when you find safe people and and they know that you're not trying to, to get anything out of them in some kind of a sinister Mm -hmm. way. So I think you, you've talked a little bit about, about both of those things, but, um, yeah, just in these remaining minutes, just if there's anything that jumps out to you as far as a struggle and, or, a a blessing in your Mm -hmm. sexuality, feel free to share that. Yeah. I think, Going back to the struggle a little bit, and this is not for me specifically, but kind of referencing back to the video you were talking about, I I do think where this conversation can be really difficult, especially in um, relationships, is if one one person is on the ace spectrum, I think that can cause tension and difficulty in in terms of connecting with their with their partner with their spouse Mm -hmm. um sexually because that's not as big of a desire um and so i think that that can be a frustration in um in terms of what that person may have been alluding to is like um not necessarily desiring sex more but having not not being on the ace spectrum because that removes some of some of that tension, some of that difficulty relationally. And so I'm I'm sure that um, maybe a more common experience than people are talking about, especially within marriages. And I I think that is often a difficult conversational topic to broach of not not feeling that desire maybe as strongly or at all yeah. as the other person. Um, and I think that canon does probably lead to a lot of um abuse in the home because of that which is painful and difficult um and so i think being able to have better conversations around just like sexual desire in general is is helpful for all people um because it even even for people who are more sexual like there's times where you're just tired you don't you don't you have lower energy you don't really want to have sex. You just want to go to bed, um, and yeah. being able to know know those things about yourself is like really important. But I think also on the blessing side, one of the things that I found really helpful um, across the board is it's given me, um, I think, in some ways, a little bit more clear headedness about my relationships um, because I. I think sometimes it can be easy for, um, especially like uh, gay men to be pursuing a friendship, pursuing an individual because they find them attractive. And 
Um, and so they want to kind of get as close as they can without actually maybe going all the way in terms of like side B circles or your other brothers. And for me, what I, what I'm looking for is not, not necessarily like the, the physical beauty, the attractiveness or the sexual appeal of, of my friendships, but, um, more what I'm looking for is more like what, what can this person, um, provide for me holistically as, as a person, how can they like support and uplift me and, um, and bless me in my life and then, and vice versa. Like what can mm-hmm. I, um, provide and contribute like in this friendship to bless and uplift and benefit and enrich their lives too. Um, and so it allows me to go into pursuing friendships, um, kind of with a, a blank slate almost. Mm. Um, and there might be there there might be things that are um, easier for me to connect with because we all have like preferences and things that are just like more natural draws to people. But I think it, it gives me a wider spectrum of people that I am prone to connecting with because I'm I'm looking past just their their physical or their sexual appeal and more at other aspects of attraction that are just as appealing, but often get kind of tossed aside a little bit. Yeah. In these conversations. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, yeah, that's so well said. It's always a joy connecting with you, Jesse. It's been fun to see you lately these last couple of months. Yes. I've enjoyed getting to reconnect. I hope to, to come back to the city of Oaks very soon. You know, I wanted to say this at the top. I totally forgot, but I'm glad I remembered right now. You know, I woke up this morning and I had the best cup of coffee from Pine State. Oh, no. (laughs) Tom, how could you do this to me? I had the best cup of coffee. (laughs) Oh, no. This this joke is only working for three people listening right now, but I don't even care. Okay. <laughs> Jesse Jesse has thoughts about coffee. Let's just let's just say I that. do have many thoughts and uh, this will be my final recording with Tom and this will conclude our friendship. Thank but you. But the good night. news the good news is before I leave town tomorrow morning, I'm gonna go get some coffee. Some from better coffee be- from potentially a better place. You know, my, my mind is Oh, open. it's not potential. My mind is it open. It is a better place. Don't worry. All right, all right. We'll, <laughs> we shall soon see. Maybe we'll do a uh, a little follow-up podcast after the after the coffee incident and we'll see we'll yes. see what the, <laughs> what the verdict is give, give a little update on your next convict cast or yacht cast whichever one happens first oh <laughs> uh, so much fun um this podcast by the way not sponsored by pine state i need to make sure i verbalize that but it could be sponsored by jubala <laughs> okay we'll see we'll see what happens jesse thank you for sharing some story i feel like we could talk for such a long time about the way that you mm-hmm. are, the way that I am, the way that we all are in this community. But it's always fun to get little snapshots and deeper dives along the way. So, yes. um, so yeah, thanks. For anyone that's listening and this conversation resonates in any way, go to our podcast episode page, yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Go click the ConvoCast link and find Jesse's little episode. Um, and yeah, just anything, anything about asexuality, demisexuality, romance, friendship, any of the topics we talked about, um, however you identify or don't know how to identify, feel free to comment and share some of your story. I'd love to hear, um, yeah, what anyone listening has to, has to say or respond to. It's always fun to hear from y'all. Um, the series 
is gold i think it just keeps growing and unfolding and there's so many more stories to still find and uncover so we still have a few more of these a few more of these episodes this summer to come as we continue spanning the spectrum of sexuality in our community so i'm looking forward to finding the rest of those stories and then once we find those we've we've covered it all right there's no no more variety yeah you fixed everything <laughs> <laughs> we named everyone yeah no that's the cool thing about the series i'm learning it's like oh my gosh it's it's actually way more diverse than even i initially mm -hmm. thought and i've been in this world for however many years if not decades at this point so it's been mm -hmm. cool to be able to just see how we're all so different so similar but so so sort of different so thanks jesse it's so much fun to record in person too and yes. i look forward Agreed. to hopefully more more in-person recordings in this beautiful city mm -hmm. full of amazing coffee across the spectrum as well <laughs> well <laughs> i'll just leave it at that <laughs> and we'll leave it at that bye jesse and bye everybody bye guys <laughs>